0: life
1: There's a space when the heart is on the fire. When, when the walls are closing in. When I look at the space between where it used to be in this memory, see I know I will never be alone in the fire. Standing next to me There's another in the waters Holding back the innesis, Should I ever be reminded Of how I've been saved There's a cross that bears my bird where another dies There is no other name In the name that is Jesus He who was And still is and will be through It all come one name in the space Between all the things And sin in his reckoning For I know I will never be Alone For I know
0: I'm not afraid to another in the waters holding back the sea should I ever be mine well, I've been saving
1: there's a cross that bears my birth where another died
0: for me so I count on
1: same God who never fails, He won't fail me now. He won't fail me now, He's in my waiting, same God is never late, He's working all things out. He's
0: working all things out. Yes, I will. Yeah!
1: We are so excited to have you here with us this Sunday morning. If you're new with us this morning, we want to connect with you. So go ahead and text CONNECT to the number on your screen and fill out that Connect card so that we can get in touch. Something that makes us an amazing church is that we serve together. If you're interested in serving and you want to get some more information, go ahead and text SERVE to the number on your screen so that we can get you involved. Just because worship has ended doesn't mean we have to stop worshiping. One way that we can continue in this amazing time of worship is through giving. We've tried to make this as easy as possible for you, so you can either go to our mobile app or our website to give. Pastor Mike has some amazing things in store from the Word today, and we want to hear what it's all about. So let's head on over.
2: So glad we could be together again around the Word at Mission Vale Christian Church. My hope and prayer today is that God speaks through this Word, and it's a life-changing moment for all of us. Uh, We're in the middle of a series through the letter of Philippians written by a guy by the name of Paul, and I've entitled it Dangerous. The reason that I chose that is the author, the Apostle Paul, um, was absolutely surrendered to God in such a way that whatever God wanted, that's what he wanted. God's mission was to reach the world, and so that became Paul's mission. And he became very dangerous to the norm of that day, to the world system, Um, but he didn't live that recklessly, he lived that as a life of love and passion for Jesus Christ, and oftentimes that was very offensive to the worldly system that he lived in. So I I have a conviction that I think uh, we who call ourselves followers of Christ should be very dangerous to the world system, we should be dangerous to the devil himself, and we should live in such a way that really makes a difference and an impact in somebody's life. And without a doubt, Paul made an impact in a lot of people's lives. We're going to be in chapter 2, verses 12 through 18, and I've entitled this particular message, um, I'm Working On It, and um, that'll come through here in just a minute. Before we get to the verses, I just want to kind of set the stage a little bit. The, the, the people of Philippi in that city were really concerned um, about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was kind of their pastor. He was their leader. He was in Philippi. He helped some people find Jesus Christ in their life, and he encouraged them to start a church, and that's how the church started. So when they got word, the people there in Philippi got word that the apostle Paul was in prison for following Jesus, and he was passionate about getting the gospel out, they were really worried about Paul, they were scared for Paul, and they were also, I think, frightened of their own life and worried about persecution that might come to them as well. And that's the occasion that he writes this letter, especially in the first and second chapters, he basically tells them, hey, look, don't worry about me. I'm in prison, it's going to be okay. In fact, the very fact that I'm in prison is going to serve as an advancement of the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, because people who are out there in the world who hear that I'm in prison, they're much more encouraged to keep following Jesus, knowing that this is happening to me. So don't worry about me. It's not about me. It's always about Jesus Christ, and that's his message that you can find joy in any situation as we are living for Jesus Christ day in and day out. This particular section here, I think he really wants us, as we read this in just a second, really wants the people of God to know that as you've received Christ into your life, it is vital, it is um, apparent, it is absolutely necessary that we must continue to grow in our relationship. We must get stronger in our faith. God, I believe, wants us to build some spiritual muscles, if you will, so that as tougher times come our way, We'll be able to stay strong and faithful to the Lord, and we'll be able to keep sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible. So um, I just kind of did some research about working out and gyms, and especially with COVID going on, I know a lot of the gyms are shut down, and some of them just kind of reopened. Well, I decided about I don't know maybe three years ago that I just I I wanted to get physically just more healthy. I I wanted to just eat better and kind of cut out the fast foods and. I wanted to, you know, just uh, maybe drop a few pounds at the time. And so I signed up for a membership at 24 Hour Fitness. So um, one of the things that I found out about is there are 30,000 gyms in America right now, 273,000 personal trainers, 58 million people who regularly work out in America, $27 billion revenue of gyms, $75 billion are spent on gyms worldwide. But here's the kicker. 80% 80% of the people quit the gym membership or they stop going after five months. question is, why? Because it's hard. It's not easy. And I think for some of us who have given our lives to Jesus Christ, we expect, after we accepted the Lord, for things to be kind of smooth sailing. But it's definitely not that way because Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble. In fact, they hated me, they're going to hate you. So... It's not always going to be easy, but it always will be rewarding. Here's the thing. I really want us, if you're a follower of Christ, to become not just as passionate to know God, but passionate to continue to grow in our relationship with Him. I think Paul wanted the people to know that Christianity is more than just a decision to receive Christ into our life. It is a lifelong journey of following Him. Yes, through the ups and through the downs, um, we continue to follow Jesus Christ as we love Him and serve Him. So that brings us to chapter 2, verses 12 through 18, Then he wants the people of God to know so much. Keep growing, keep working out the fact that you're following me, even if it may be difficult or it might be easy season of life, just keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. So he writes here in verse 12, he says, My dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my absence, And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and the service coming from your faith, I am glad and I rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. So Paul is establishing right away, look, whether I'm with you physically or I'm not with you physically, I want you to continue to obey Christ. I want you to continue to follow Jesus Christ. You know, I think it's really interesting that when Jesus called his disciples, he didn't just call them to believe in him. He did, but he also called them to follow him. So if I really believe in Jesus, I will follow him and I will want to obey him. So Christianity is not rules, regulations, it's not a have to, it's not religion, it's not like, well, I have to do these things because God says I have to. No, we have fallen in love with Jesus Christ because he loved us first. We've received him into our life, and therefore, because we've received this greatest gift called eternal life, which is a promise of the Word of God, we want to grow in our relationship with him. So I think right off the bat, he says, my dear friends, The friendship that we have with one another is built on giving our hearts to Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 2.8, Paul writes in this other letter, he says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Then in 1 John 5.13, he says, I have written these things that you may know you have received eternal life. So right off the bat, Paul wants us to know, look, once you give your life to Jesus Christ, you are saved. Um, You don't have to work for your salvation. You don't have to do good things to get it. You can't impress God with your good works to to have Him love you anymore or give you the gift of heaven. It's simply um, by faith in Jesus Christ and receiving Christ that we receive eternal life and Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit in us. He washes our sins away and it begins a process of transformation in our life. Now, therefore, since you've given your life to Christ, I want you to continue to obey me. I want you to continue to follow my word. And I I really like what he says here in verse 12. "Um, But now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What in the world is he talking about working out our salvation? Um, What he's not talking about is working to win our salvation. He's not saying that we get salvation, meaning we're saved. And we go to heaven when we die. He's, he's not saying that that happens by works. He's not saying that we get salvation by doing good things. You can never get God to love you any more than He loves you right now. He loves you with a passion, He loves you with a commitment. In fact, He was so committed that He laid down His life literally 2,000 years ago on a cross, He died. He was dead for three days and he was alive. became alive again. He was resurrected from the dead on the third day to show us how much he loves us. That is a known fact and I'm so grateful that that issue is done and that we have received Christ and received all the benefits. So he's he's teaching us to work out what God has worked inside of you. I hope that makes sense. Working out what God has already worked within us. So, um, it's not doing good things, it's I've already received Christ, and therefore now I'm working out on this, this relationship that I have with God because I want to grow. Getting back to the original story I was talking about working out in gyms, um, as I was going into the gym, um, I found out that, um, man, there were some days I didn't want to go to the gym because it's hard work, my muscles hurt after I work out. After I'm on the treadmill and do, you know, 30 minutes of cardio, my, my back hurts a little bit and uh, my legs are sore the next day. But what motivated me to keep going is because there was a goal that I had. And I think in the same way, um, I think there's a lot of people who call themselves Christians, but they try to work harder to get something from God rather than simply partnering with God so that we are growing in a relationship with him because we've already received the gift of eternal life so we're working this thing out it's a lifelong process it'll never be at a place where we've arrived man we look like jesus christ meaning our life is totally patterned we found where we wanted to go we've reached our goals and now we are just like jesus we'll, we'll never get there this side of heaven but we want to keep continue to grow looking a little bit more like Jesus Christ each day. So, I want to get growing. I hope that's the desire of your heart. That was where Paul was, is he wanted to keep growing in his relationship with Christ. And here's the thing. You may be listening to this or watching this and thinking, well, you know what? I just kind of feel like I've taken a time out. I feel like, you know, I've been kind of a spiritual, like just kind of taking it easy, a time out. It's never too late to get growing. It isn't. We can change now. We can make a decision now. And so um, what he says here, look, one of the the examples, one of the benefits of growing in our relationship with Christ is that we will look more like Jesus. And he uses a specific example about grumbling and complaining. Um, Perhaps Paul wrote that because maybe there were some folks in the church that were grumbling and complaining about church. Maybe they were grumbling and complaining about things that were going on in their spiritual community. Um, people that were following Jesus Christ, maybe there was some diversion because of this grumbling and complaining. And Paul says, look, don't do that. Because if you do that, that's not going to be an attraction to the good news of Jesus Christ. He goes on to say, I want your life to shine like the stars. I want your life to stand out. I want your life to make a difference. I want when someone else who doesn't know Christ in their life, when they look at you, I want there to be such an attraction that they see God when they see you. I think that's what he's trying to communicate here to all of us. So the question is, how do we keep growing? How do we work out our salvation from what God has already planted within us? Meaning the Holy Spirit. Number one is this. I think it's really important if we're going to continue to grow and shine like the stars in heaven, meaning we want our life to reflect Jesus Christ, um, we must have a personal trainer. I, I found you know, going to the gym, I needed a coach. I needed a trainer to help me to know what kind of exercises to do. Um, how much cardio do, cardio do I do? Uh, what kind of diet? How do I change what I'm eating? Just all kinds of things like that. Um, you know, it's kind of funny to me how um, some of, back in the day when we actually could go to a movie, there were some movies that um, really were kind of interesting to me. I like really high impact, high action movies um Jack Reacher um Tom Cruise um some of those guys are in the movies I was you know as I was noticing in those movies a lot of action packed stuff a lot of fights and stuff um how do those guys get to that place where they're just so ripped they're so cut I mean they just like zero body fat just muscles you know everywhere how do they get there well I read an article that said um a lot of the celebrities in movies they will actually have a personal trainer that puts them through a really intense program right before that movie they go on set. And so um, I think in the same way, it's really important that we have a personal trainer if we're going to continue to grow. Now, the question is, who's our trainer? Isn't it cool that God gave us the power of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is our personal trainer. He, he's the one that we meet when we accept Jesus Christ into our life. You know, the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2 that he literally sends the Holy Spirit into our life when we receive Christ into our heart. So um, we have a personal guide. We have a personal trainer who helps us to live the Christian life, which is really cool. Um, I was thinking about this and what Paul's trying to communicate on um, all this and to keep growing, keep obeying, do the things that Christ wants you to do. Um, I love to play a lot of tennis. I just kind of was thinking that... Uh, you know, one of the dreams of mine would be you know, to hit you know, a few tennis balls, 15 minutes with the best of the best. His name is Roger Federer. He's the number one player, I think, of all time. And so I kind of was thinking, you know, what if I got a phone call one day from Roger Federer? He calls me up and he says, hey, um, I heard, um, Mike, I heard that you like playing tennis. And uh, I just wanted to know if uh, you were interested in me being your personal uh, coach for six months for tennis. I probably wouldn't be saying on the other end of the line, well, let me see if I can fit you in, Roger, to my schedule. I'd be like, dude, of course, man. I would love, you know, what days? You tell me when and where, I'll be there. I would love for you to coach me. It would be a privilege. I think that moment of saying yes and being excited and sign me up and I'll do whatever he tells me to do on the court, if it's push-ups, if it's running laps, if it's doing drills on the court, whatever it is, man, I, I trust him enough Because his life in the tennis realm um, is reflective of the best of the best of the best. And I get to learn from number one. Listen, that spoke to me, that God is our number one. The Holy Spirit is our personal trainer. And basically, he calls every single one of us to say, I want to be your personal trainer. I want to train you to walk worthy of the calling you have received from Jesus Christ, and I will personally be there to train you. So the question is, how do we do that? When we get into fellowship with one another, um, it it, it allows the Holy Spirit to stir up within us to guide and lead us to look more like Jesus. So number one is have a personal trainer. Number two, and just following the example of of the Apostle Paul, is he definitely had a plan. I think it's really important that we have a plan. We should set some goals. So an example of that would be, um, you know, in one year, From now, I would like to have more of the peace of Jesus Christ in my life. You might be listening to this, maybe struggling with anxiety. and think, gosh, you know what? I would would love to not be driven by my anxiety, but I would love to be driven by the Spirit of God and let there be peace in my life. Maybe one of your goals is to read through the Bible in an entire year. That would be awesome. Um, Maybe it's to get completely out of debt in five years that is a goal and I want to do it God's way and I want to learn God how do you want me to do this it's really important that we have a plan number three is um, to pump iron what does that mean if I was to go into 24-hour fitness and look at all the machines there and think man this one's really cool that one I could definitely lose some weight on this one man I could really build up some you know some some chest muscles and biceps on this one and back and all these things I mean this would just be awesome and I'm standing there looking at all that and then I decide just to turn and walk out of the 24-hour fitness. Um, I think a lot of us as Christians we do that. We may come and look at all these things that God offers us, but we don't get on the machine. And, and I think this is a perfect time right now. The, the world around us is searching for truth. They're looking for hope. They're looking for peace. They're looking for a purpose. Everything right now is in upheaval. And this is a wonderful opportunity for us to build up our spiritual muscles so that we can shine like the stars to reflect who Jesus is to people in this world. So that means I got to get on the machine. What does that mean spiritually? That means I got to commit to the Word of God. You know, I think... A lot of us, we expect others to spoon feed us and make it easy for us. I'll just quick. I'll just catch a quick sermon here, or I'll catch a thing on K Wave without really digging into the Word ourselves, and really get out on a Bible reading program, or you know, doing a prayer journal where, man, I'm just you know tracking my prayers that I have with God every morning and reading the Word, even if it's just a chapter a day, and then doing journaling, where I'm just writing out the people that I'm praying for and the things that I want to see happen in my life. God, do something amazing in my life. And these are the things I'm looking for, God. It's like getting on the machine or getting on the treadmill. I got to be willing to work the program. You know, in 2004, there was a guy um, by the name of Shane Hammond. And he uh, participated in the Olympics. He was a weightlifter. He weighed 350 pounds. He was the strongest man in that year on earth. Catch this. His chest was 62 inches. His neck was 22 inches. His biceps were 24 inches. And he could squat 1,008 pounds. Guy was massive. He was like the Incredible Hulk. But here's his testimony I love. It wasn't the fact that he just got a medal in the Olympics for the United States of America. He grew up in Oklahoma on the farm. Lifting heavy things on the farm, he was inspired to go into the gym. He went in for four hours a day. It's like he almost got, as he's describing his testimony, got addicted to weightlifting. But this is what he said, What I'm the most thankful for is the spiritual life of my parents. My parents took me to church every single Sunday. But more importantly, they taught me the Word of God by the way they lived. And, and I like that because it gave him some inspiration that there is something good about physically taking care of ourselves. But the most important thing is we take care of our spiritual growth. We have to partner with God in order to spiritually grow. It's not magic. It just doesn't happen. We don't snap our fingers and all of a sudden we look more like Jesus. Or, well, just God make me look more like Jesus and just wait for it to happen. We we need to put ourselves in a situation in the atmosphere so that it causes the growth. Number four and the last one is um, don't flex in the mirror to impress yourself. Uh, The reason I chose that one is back in Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 through 11. remember it says, don't do not consider yourself more highly than you ought, but take Jesus's example as being the very nature, He emptied himself, he humbled himself. and I think in order to keep growing in Christ, we must live in a place of humility. We must be willing to not be concerned with ourself first, but others. I, I, I love the example that Paul gave that Jesus is the perfect example of this. So, Working out our salvation means that we're working out spiritually. It means that we're willing to grow. It means that we're willing to obey. I found this. There's a whole lot more to obey Jesus in doing the things He wants us to do than doing the things that He doesn't want us to do. The more that I get into the Word and I hang around with other believers and I really get that appetite for really growing in the Lord, there are tons of things to do. And I'm not so concerned so much about the things that I can't do. Um, i just finished with this, and I I hope that this will lead us to a life that's passionately growing in Jesus Christ. Um, I think it's really, really important that we set ourselves up in a community. That means, um, very simple, this, that we look for someone that can mentor us. We look for a group of people that we think, gosh, those folks are living a godly life. I I want to live the way they live for Christ. That means, hey, okay, I'll get in a life group. I'll get in a small group at MVCC. Or if you're going to another church, I'm going to get involved in a community. Or I'm going to ask somebody, hey, I'd like to learn from you. Could you kind of teach me how you're walking with Christ? And and really enroll ourselves in that. Um, I think the Word of God is very, very important. Just some action points here getting into the word with being in fellowship with one another and developing a life of prayer that's passionate for God and learning from those around us. And I just believe that'll lead us to a, a, an amazing life of following the Lord and growing in him. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you that Paul wrote this letter that's so simple for us about obedience and working out that salvation, Lord, working out that great gift that you've given us, God. I love what one guy said. It just reminds me, Lord, that that guy who received Christ into his life many years ago that said, now my life is just a big thank you card to you. And God, that's the way we want to live our life. We want to live our life as a big thank you card to you. We love you. We thank you, God. Anyone out there, God, that just might feel far away from you, let them know, God, that Jesus, you're one prayer away. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.